And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Just get up off the ground. That's all I ask. Get up there with that lady that's up on top of this Capitol Dome, that lady that stands for liberty. Take a look at this country through her eyes if you really want to see something. And you won't just see scenery. You'll see the whole parade of what man's carved out for himself after centuries of fighting. And fighting for something better than just jungle law. Fighting so he can stand on his own two feet, free and decent, like he was created. No matter what his race, color, or creed. There's no place out there for graft, or greed, or lies, or compromise with human liberties. And that, if that's what the grown-ups have done with this world that was given to them, then we'd better get those boys' camps started fast and see what the kids can do. Material podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. I'm Heather Buckley, and I'm Langley West. And we've had a couple of weird starts today. It's a, <laughs> on a, episode 107. My dogs are barking, and I apologize for that. Um, episode 107. It's uh, January 22nd. Um, it's a highly politicalized sort of atmosphere we exist in these days. Sure. Uh, with the inauguration and all that other stuff. So we thought we'd go over some political films. And uh, before the ca- uh, we started rolling, um, I sort of made it, wanted to talk about a distinction between films about politics and films that are political, and and uh, hopefully we're going to cover both. Yeah, I, well, and, and I was saying I'm really glad that we're doing that because films I I don't like politics in general, mm-hmm. and so I tend not to like. Films about politics, mm-hmm. um, with it with a few exceptions, um, and of course, liking and uh, not liking politics or or making that announcement is always very political, and I would always make sure on social media to note that. Right, like I hate politics. It's like political stance, nonetheless. Yeah, that, yeah. If to, you to, choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Yeah, as exactly as Neil, Neil Peart said. <laughs> <laughs> First Rush reference. Uh, yeah, because I think there are films like, let's say, uh, All the President's Men, which are distinctly about politics, and it's, right. a, it's about a lot of moving of papers and looking concerned over glasses and stuff, but then there are films that, because of what their message is, the one that came to mind immediately for me was Easy Rider, the, the sure. way it landed on the American sort of landscape, it created its own political, um, English on the ball. Right. So um, I think both are fair because both, um, um, although one gets a little more spy and intriguey than the other. Well, I mean, it's like a lot of stuff. Like you know, like it, I'm going to at some point today attempt to shoehorn in, you know, um, one of my favorite movies that I try to shoehorn into every category that we that we come up with. Uh, I'm interested to see how I do it next week, and that's King Kong. Yeah. I was uh, going to bring that up as a joke. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, he's not going to say King Kong, is he? <laughs> I, uh, going out there, I found this uh, a list 
uh, on Crave's website of like 50 political films. And it's surprising some of the titles on here. And King Kong isn't so far off. I mean, when you've got um, uh, uh, Star Trek for the Undiscovered Country <laughs> on your list, which when you think about it, it's like, yeah, kind of, well, you know, in a weird way. So you run into a couple of things when you're talking about films that are political as opposed to films about politics, and that is um, you run into things that are metaphors for uh, real-life situations. Mm -hmm. For example, Animal Farm. Sure. Uh, which is probably you know one of the most political things I've ever seen slash read. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, but it's you know, but but you're using animals to you know, and and so it all becomes very metaphoric. Um, and the other, well, thing... there's also so much sci science fiction. I remember a while ago, it had to be years ago, like four years ago, five years ago, in the Village Voice, they were discussing that like sort of like sci-fi genre films are so poised to talk about social political climates and do compared to all the contemporary films that don't have any of that in it well yeah i mean so often you're talking about some other some other world some other you know where there's where these different factions and different organizations and things that you know that all have different agendas mm -hmm. and, and when you look at i mean star trek is a the original series is a really good example of that where we basically have a un of um uh, regular players, you know, that, that you know from all over different places, mm -hmm. and uh, and you confront a different issue each week that can be drawn normally to uh, something that's going on in in the real world. Well, one of the big complaints about the prequels, the Star Wars prequels, was that they were all about politics and not about swinging stuff, right? And uh, uh, it, it didn't have the same swashbuckling spirit. Yeah, as but it was all thing. about like you know getting measures passed, right? Stuff in the Senate. Yeah. But uh, uh, um, but absolutely, things like e even the upcoming. Um, uh, I was just watching the, the new trailer for uh, the the new Bel um, the Belkin experiment. That's a highly political film because, especially because of the predominance of things like workplace violence in the news and. And social stances, and you can see who's who's going to get from the trailer. You can see who's going to be the right wing gun nut, who's going to be the left wing. Like, let's all hug and and not, you know what I mean? Right. They're, they're... I saw it at TIFF, mm. and I and I was so energized by it. Yeah, yeah. It, but it... very few films have so many on screen head explosions. <laughs> it's just gratuitous, and I'm not used to seeing it. And I'm not I'm not used to seeing that sort of gore and, and violence not since some people may have not liked it because it's a little crass uh -huh. and it's a little dated and a little on the nose but i do not care it's very fun not since rutger hauer in deadlock have we seen heads explode like this <laughs> i have that on vhs do you really yeah. Yeah, that doc is so wonderfully cheesy it's got basil wallace in it screw face screw face from, <laughs> from mark for death and he said he, he was also in uh, return of the living dead 3 Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I forget his name. He's got this weird. It's a real like ostentatious, almost Basil Wallace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basil Wallace. doesn't look like a Wallace. Basil no. Wallace. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, uh, uh, we're we're fascinated by this stuff, and I guess it's. I mean, deservedly so because so much hangs in the balance. Right. Well, I guess it also depends on the eyes that are watching it. One 
one reason that I was very attracted to punk rock when I was 13, though, <laughs> literally very juvenile at the time. It's like I heard Anarchy in the UK, and it's like, this is about something. Mm-hmm. This is about something else. And I, I was always very interested in politics for some reason. Yeah. Well, it wasn't it wasn't boy meets girl, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the usual fodder for a lot of look at, songs. Look no, at, it was look. about tear down the system, and it's like... <laughs> I like the cut of your jib. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you, you talk about the politics of something viewed, you know, being skewed or whatever, viewed, but, but when viewed by your by where you're at, um, look at something like, admittedly, a great film, Triumph of the Will. Right. At the end of the day, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Nazi propaganda film, right. but it's incredibly well made. It's incredibly it's, well made, and, and, that, that, and that's always... Well, propaganda generally has to be very well made. That's how you get your message across right. through a very uh, strong aesthetic choice. It's always dangerous, right? When mm-hmm. you start talking about like the merits of something like Triumph of the Will, mm-hmm. because it's too it's too easy to say, oh, it's it's Nazi propaganda. It's evil. You shouldn't give any you know credence to this. I, saw, I think movies like that, and uh, so, some of them were discussed in my in my university to, when I took all these film courses but they were always presented within context of what we're watching sure. mm-hmm. what this means and why and sort of a very a view of why we're watching it that's the other and for those films it was around the editing that's the other great thing about political films is that it, it it's so often a mirror of what's going on in the world, you know, or what people are feeling or what they might be afraid of or what mm-hmm. they, or what they're hoping for. Well, I think film in general is sort of a litmus test on what a culture is kind of interested going in. Through. It, they, yeah, yeah. 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 It's why you get those cycles where suddenly you get three comet movies. Yeah. Or, or why do we always say that? It's always the comet yeah. movie. It's I always comet movies, movies. And, and or uh, volcanoes. Volcanoes. It yeah. was like, Three volcano movies came out at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you're 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 seeing a lot. You're seeing a lot of people that are now scrambling to try to make, without making a Marvel film, they want to make a Marvel film, right? You know. Um, well, there's also the idea, and we'd have to bring up propaganda and also define that because I think when you hear propaganda, you think about it in a negative sense. But right. I remember there's more, positive. Parafor is more like Alan Moore. He said, "All art is propaganda." Yeah, and I think you see. You see little bits of it every day when you watch TV in, in the form of commercials. It's propaganda to get you to buy something, to get you to think away, to get you to move in a certain direction. It is. It's whereas all film is manipulative, mm-hmm. propaganda is intentionally so. Yeah, yeah. But it, but on the other hand, I feel like. But I would see film. There's very few films that are not intentionally manipulative. Right. I was just going to say, like, as a as an as a as a creative person you uh and especially i think as a, as a writer you you set out to get a point across and that point becomes the story becomes part the propaganda itself right of, of getting that point across sure. um it's, and, it, and it offers a perspective it's like an oliver stone film is it is an oliver stone film for right. a very specific reason yeah you know what you're gonna get um i think it's always interesting to see different people's take on on a particular work, right? You know, mm-hmm. like uh, if you look at um, Mad Max Fury Road and how, you know, that 
division, you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's anti-male, it's, you mm-hmm. know, and then you have other people, it's like, it's pro-feminism, you, you know what I mean? It's right. like, it's, it's, well, it's hard these days because the, we, we live in a culture that's so prone and so aggressively looking for a reason to get butthurt. Right. Oh yeah, and that and that's what happened. Like it was like, man, they didn't make men the focus, so we're gonna we're gonna boycott it. Right. It's like, man, all the, all the stars, the Star Wars movies are female, and it's like, take a knee. Yeah. Fuck, man. Calm like, down. Calm down. Calm down, son. No, because Fury Road was an anti-male. There are a lot of great male allies in it. It was it, like these certain was... male characters that are like warlords. It's like that. That sort of toxic masculinity is the issue. Yeah, right, it would be exactly. Strange for someone to to disagree with that, like and, the cannibal guy, yeah. the guy with teeth made of bullets. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, well, I, I, Warlord I, bad, Mad Max I, good man. In, in this in this uh, 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 day, you know, it's like I think it's it's important that that more and more films get made where there are strong female leads who who don't stumble when they run from the killer and, you right. know, I, like i've always said to, to, to make a great any kind of great film is to is to give them a situation and make them make your characters do everything quote unquote right yeah that the reader goes i do that i would do and that yeah fuck them anyway yeah <laughs> you know it's like aliens is a fine example of that they do everything right and they get just get chumped right every step of the way so except that they don't listen to ripley and just not go there in the first place right well that's the but that's, then you don't have a movie. That's the agoraphobic part of it. It's like, uh, let's go explore this place. Eh, I'm going to stay in my room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay in that way. There's no monsters in my room. There's no airlocks. You should go, you should go scuba diving. No. No. <laughs> Skydiving. No. No. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, well, speaking of Fury, Fury Road, I would even say... The Ghostbusters reboot was considered to be more of a political move than an honest placement of female comedians in a role which was filled by male comedians. I have a com- completely different issue with uh, the Ghostbusters reboot that has nothing to do with the gender of any of the characters. But it's and guys. And I just think it was... brought up so much. No, I know. And, and I... I just think so that it was came political. It, it was, it, it, yeah, it was it was forced to be, a, and I don't Again, think it was political at all. But her bros, yeah, who were like, exactly. You know what? Let's just put a moratorium on the following sentence: "You're raping my child." Oh my god, I, like, I, I can't stand that. Yeah, because I think it's ridiculous. I think that that King talked about how you know when when asked, "Are you are you ever dismayed because they make so many bad films from your books?" That they might, you know, that that the bad film might harm or tarnish the legacy or legend of your book, and he said no, and he pointed to a bookshelf. And he goes, "My books are right there; they're untouched." Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one film I want to bring up before I forget uh, that I think is political that doesn't. I'm trying to think outside the box on this one sure. without thinking, you know, going so straight down the line. But that's uh, a film I I've admitted to not liking, but I think it fits here. They live. Oh yeah, absolutely. They live very yeah. political. Also, I've seen memes on social media around the new uh, presidency and the media around the new presidency. Right, lots of they live. Lots, lots of, of put on live. your glasses. Yeah, of course, Trump as alien. 
they live alien. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Ex- uh, well, I mean, and and I think you're right. It's not a great film, but because of its message mm-hmm. and kind of what it was doing, which was not, I, for lack of a better word, politically correct to do at the time, uh, I think it's important. And uh, it, it... Yeah. No, I agree. You think during that 80s time period that sort of like pop sci-fi wasn't receptive of uh, critique? I, I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I, I saw it at a screening, um, there were two films played. It was They Live and Scrooged. Ooh. And I saw Scrooged first. Yeah. And so by the time I got to They Live, I was just like, oh, I don't know. And we got to the the iconic, admittedly iconic fight in the alley. I was just like, oh, this is just big time wrestling. You know? So, you know, at the time, you were in the middle of, of the Reagan era. Mm-hmm. And... The big, you know, the hottest things were, you know, um, uh, 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 the Rambo movies. Mm-hmm. It was um, all very Reagan. It was very... all very Reagan. It was all very, you know, uh, Wall Street, I mean, Rocky Four, where he's yeah, fighting the Russian guy. I mean, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It was... it was all politicized. Yeah, all that stuff. Was... And it bugs my mind. I because I, you know, look, I'm older than than probably most of our people that listen here, but. I remember Reagan. I remember the 80s. I remember what kind of a president he was. And let me tell you here, all the things you hear when people canonize him, this is, you know, whether you believe go along with it. He was a terrible president. He shut down state mental hospitals. That's the my biggest gripe against him. Is, is yeah, he, I, I remember a friend of mine who worked at a, at a here's a fun job, uh, suicide prevention at Agnew State Mental Hospital. Yeah. He, would, he would man the phones all night. Yeah. And uh, after that, he said it was just, it was just, horrible the yeah. whole situation was just horrible yeah um um but it was like that it was very much like business is good greed is good uh the me generation i think they used to call it yeah you know and then along comes carpenter with this film where it's like no 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 it's all a facade yeah <laughs> and here's some glasses to prove it yeah. you know yeah i think the message of that is is undeniably strong in the same way you get those stories like like logan's run or brave new world or right or that stuff that's it. Heather's right. Like science fiction is the goldmine for movies about politics or trying to get across your political message. Uh, Star Trek, the first interracial kiss on TV was right. on Star Trek. Absolutely. So that's where you get your and the idea that we can all live in peace. All of Twilight Zone. Yeah, most ninety five percent. Yeah, most of Twilight all, Zone. And, that, and try to understand the other thing, or the other person, or the other creature, or whatever. Try right. to reach a sort of understanding, and and it was, it was coming out. It was this natural pendulum thing, swing thing. I think because we'd gone through the the, the whole sixties hippies era. era right and now, we're swinging back the other. Direction. I'm I'm a, uh, I'm going to make a case for King Kong. Oh, okay, and, and that is that um, King Kong is essentially about. Um, Corporate greed, yes, uh, raping the natural world, sure, and and exploiting nature to make a buck, mm-hmm. which is one of the big political. Uh, yeah, it doesn't get more political. Than yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then the hubris, and then folded into that, you get stuff. You know, the hubris of man to think like this is something that I can hold in my hand. Right. I mean, as far as that goes, all those things, Godzilla, stuff like that, all that kaiju stuff is about, you know, the hubris of man trying to control 
Right, you're basically well, fucking with fucking with the the. Well, let's speak about it. Great. And getting speaking of King Kong, tanked. Langley, Godzilla, because Godzilla represents uh, America's bomb. Yeah, well, yeah. Godzilla was was uh, sort of our sh- our shame mm-hmm. reflected back on us for the leveling of two cities. Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, um, because I th- I thought we thought it was interesting is that when America made a Godzilla movie that destroyed America. That reflection is also very interesting uh-huh. because if that's America's shame destroying another country, it's like that. What happened? That action has come home to roost to destroy America. Well, that's what we're seeing. I think now uh, in the real world is is that you know finally we're America's at a point where we've we've had our hands in a lot of pies, and some of that is coming back coming back to to, to haunt us. You yeah. Know? Um, um. Uh, I lost my train. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, the, and that's the great thing about this subject is that it, you can have a movie that's a war film that's mm-hmm. a political film. You can have a movie that's a horror film that's a political film. You can have a movie that it, I it, love, it really doesn't matter the genre. I love weird war. Weird oh, war yeah. horror. There's a great Korean movie called Our Point. Mm-hmm. That's fucking fantastic. It's a ghost story set in a battlefield and it's so good. Um, and we just don't do that kind of shit anymore. There used yeah. to be whole comic series, Weird War and World I remember. War. I re- it, it, oh, I I'm remember. not even aware of that. Hmm? I'm not even aware of that genre. Oh, my God. Oh, it's our, so cool. <laughs> our point, there's a scene in Our Point where you're looking down a line of men that are walking across a right, uh, fog-banked rice paddy. And the whole movie you're watching, and there's only six guys. But as they start to walk across this field, they don't even draw attention to it. Suddenly you start counting, and there's 15, 20 guys walking yeah. across. And you realize that some of those soldiers that you think are your buddies are ghosts. Yeah. And it's such a cool, cool... Because um, you think if anywhere there are going to be ghosts, it's going to be on the battlefield. Right. Oh, um, uh, Death Watch. Yeah. Where where they're in the uh, World War One trenches, mm-hmm. and Andy Circus is there, and this trench is cursed or haunted or, or there's a few of those. There's a thing called the bunker. Yeah, that's really good. And and uh, be careful. There's a lot of movies called the bunker, but there's there. I remember there was a movie that was being made, uh, and uh, I and people are gonna hang me for this for not knowing it, but it was a Civil War movie. And, uh, well, there was something, a really cheeseball thing that used to appear in Fangoria all the time called Supernaturals. Nichelle Nichols is in it, and it's it's essentially a, a bunch of ROTC guys go to this Confederate yes, battlefield. Yes, and, and there's like these Confederate I, I zombies or ghosts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, when I first met Tony Timpone, I was so, I was young, I was really young, I was in my early 20s or something. But I go stalking up to him because I was so angry because and I brought out these magazines into my hand. I go, here's a here's a coming like a set visit where you say this movie's gonna be great. And then here's Dr. Cyclops saying it sucks. Like, what gives? And Tony <laughs> kind of just shrugged and went, What you know, what do you want from me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. But it's it's a great idea. It's a it was in fact as I remember the articles, Supernaturals was a is a was a kind of remake on the premise of Two Thousand Maniacs. Oh, okay. Um, Confederate soldiers coming back right. to wreak revenge. Da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's not a bad film. 
It's not a good film. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a bad film. I'm sure you I just should... remember thinking what a cool idea. Yeah. At the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I have it here. I haven't watched it yet, but I have I have have, you, I have broken it. my mirrored sunglasses, and I felt like the VHS cover of Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else. Uh, you know, a comic book movie that I think is well. There's Uh-oh. a few. There's Langley's a, going into comic book life. There's a few. Um, I mean, the uh, the obvious one is V for Vendetta. Sure. Um, uh, which is by all. I've not heard anybody say they didn't like either the book or the movie. Although there's people who say they don't like, you know, the movie as much as they did the book or, or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, and not only is it um, incredibly political in this kind of made-up world or, or mm-hmm. this future world, um, but it's also um, it's been used. Sure, anonymous. Anonymous. It. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't deny its impact on thing. anonymous. Yeah, there are some. I'll say this about View for Vendetta. There's some great speeches in there. Oh yeah, just and it's all just Alan Moore just being run through Hugo Weaving's yeah. you know mouth, and it's just great. It's great. Yeah. It's great stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, the, a lot of the imagery being very very sort of anarchistic. In its in its perspective, but but still sort of sort of holding true to that moral core. Yeah, um, I uh, I'm trying to keep genre at least initially. Day the Earth still is on my list. Sure. Um, we talked about Star Trek. Uh, A lot of that stuff from the '50s, where you're dealing with the other, all yeah. that xenophobic stuff. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, mm-hmm. hugely political, and it's it's always interesting to me because if you look at the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers, again, it depends on what whose eyes you're looking through. It's a movie about um, being afraid of the other. Mm-hmm. It's it's a movie about paranoia and because remember a lot of that stuff was coming out of, on hot on the heels of World War Two, right? Conformity mm-hmm. um, and and kind of giving in to the to the, uh, the 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 moral majority, the right, you know, and, and or it's a movie about communism and how it insidiously invades <laughs> your soft, cushy lifestyle. So I always assume the black and white one was more about was more about communism, as are a lot of the Twilight Zone episodes. See, and I've I've always thought of it as, as the other way around. That it's about like you know beware against you know when they tell you you need to wear you know these clothes and and you know you can't have uh, differing views. Um, so it's it, that's always fascinating to me. In in particular, that movie and how it can be, how it can be seen from both sides. In people- well, how is it? Well, I think that's maybe colloquial how it's used when. We talk about pod people out in the world. Right. More like a Stepford wife. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And, and Which is also a very political film. Oh, right. yeah, definitely. Right, right, right. A lot of these films are interesting because they're coming from a, a progressive viewpoint. Mm-hmm. I know when we first we first started with Triumph of Will, because as, as soon as I said, I love political films, and it's like Triumph of the Will, it's like <laughs> bristle. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right away. Well, there's not it's a like, lot. Well, of... not that one. These other ones. <laughs> well, because I think that's the thing that gets leveled at Hollywood all the time is that it's all liberal and that there's not a lot of right perspectives. But there are these days. It's just no one watches them. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> I mean, there are whole. There are. I was blown away when I found out that there are now companies that are Christian-based making horror films. Yeah. That that spins my head around. Not because I think they need to be Satanists, but I think that, that it just surprises me that... Um, and the only spin is, it's a ghost story where only through God do they find... Yeah. And that's social political propaganda on their end. And again, sure, it's you, reaffirming... It's better if you tell it within the, these stories. Yeah, it's, it's reaffirming that paradigm. It's like, in the end, you know you know gobble went out and it's like oh that's very reassuring and that's good right. as opposed to a film that leaves you really i'm surprised too. that that um the that the christian right doesn't or and maybe they do i don't talk to a lot of them so maybe maybe they do well, they say, don't talk to me well I, i'm surprised <laughs> that they don't embrace king's work a lot more mm-hmm. because so often that's the resolution to King's issue right. is that there's some kind of divine either intervention or um, there there is a belief at some point that that there is good you know mm-hmm. there is you know that this you know with a with a few exceptions more recently uh, like revival is in, incredibly bleak mm-hmm. you know well um, getting run over will do that too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. change your life perspective um but I mean, you know, like even something like Salem's Lot. Or, I mean, look at you know Dracula in general. That's all. Look at the stand. Religious. Oh yeah, the Straight stand. Is, yeah, you know, the hand of God comes down and. Yeah. Well, Dracula was also seen as social political against foreigners. Right. Oh sure. Because how scary are they? You know, look at. Um... By scary, you mean sexy in their capes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. Two of Not the greatest worse. films of all time, I some would argue, are are also highly politicized. Uh, Citizen Kane, Casablanca. Yeah, you know, both, both of, those. of those are 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 straight up political films. Yeah, I mean Citizen Kane. I mean you could make a case that like some of what we're experiencing now, mm. uh, it's that cult of personality. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. He must be right because he's he look you know he's got such a lamp because he's so on. loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well. Loud people During a lot of the I, sort of Iraq crisis and what was going on there, I was just shocked that we were making all these crazy mistakes. It's, and I felt like, did anyone not watch Lawrence of Arabia? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, this has been around. And I was sh- shocked because I was later in life when I watched it. It was about during that time. And it's like, it's the it's like almost the eternal return of like different types of battles. And are right. we watching our art to learn about how to deal with stuff in our present time? Well, you, I think it's it's easier to watch it when it's when it when it's presented in a way that's not in a textbook. The same way when it's prevent uh, when it's presented as an analo- uh, analogy or metaphor. Mm-hmm. We keep making the same mistakes, mm-hmm. and hopefully, art that 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 shines a light on that helps us to make some of them i you know you hope well i think it's it's a it, a it's a reflection of of the sort of the zeitgeist but also i think people they inherently you know they um um on one hand they can they can 
embrace these these concepts and and these ideas of like oh we just have to all live together but on the other hand you know it's like i i said to someone last night people are different people when the water runs out yeah exactly (laughs) and so built into that is this weird sort of human condition stuff of being paranoid little monkeys that are afraid of just about everything um uh and now you have in our modern society i think you have these added things of like nuclear war and and people flying planes into buildings and and all of these things that are seem like they're out of move that out of a film right um the first thing i heard on 9-11 was it i thought it was a hollywood special effect thing it's right like, yeah and now when we watch our, our our destruction of the city movies everything has that big white cloud yeah yeah, yeah. and we're so fascinated by that let I me mean, look at all the films that came out after 9-11 right look at the knee-jerk reaction we're seeing from the right now yeah. you know about about never coming to terms with that the PTSD from a nation experiencing something that up until that morning they thought was completely impossible. Right. You know, and our reaction, I told my wife at the, on nine 11, I said, the reaction to this is going to be jaw dropping. I, 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 I don't know. Or the, I always, I always kind of get, you know, whenever we start talking about that and how traumatized the country was and is from nine 11, and this is not to take away from that, but, you know, I'm sure there's countries out there that I go, oh, you're upset that, you know, a, a building mm-hmm. collapsed. And yeah. Look at that's cute yeah. because they are, at, have experienced yeah. exactly. Look at the daily life of someone in Israel. Exactly. Who yes. Or Syria. Or Syria. Yeah. Or, or, well, I'm just saying Israel because they have, Israel has this sort of mask of normalcy while everyone's running around in flak vests and right. stuff like that because, it, you know, it's a, it's a situation. And, and, and they don't, a situation that isn't helped by, certain behavior on on right you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and again i That's, feel like we're walking a, around all of these eggshells kind of well, thing okay, because so, there's this the political thing that's happening now and, and sort of the impetus of the show but it also that becomes this whole other swamp and a whole other show well i think uh, one i think people who listen to us kind of in, although we don't talk about it, probably get our political leanings. Yeah, there's no denying if anyone's question. I'm a raging hippie, and <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. It, but at the same time, that's not our show, right? And you know, I mean, and we'll we give air to other. You know, I I don't I would not call our last guest a liberal. You know, in in that sense of a word. Mm-hmm. So it's like I. I hope that people listen, and whether they agree with our particular political leanings or not. I, I hope that we're we don't. I don't. I don't feel like that we're banging a drum at any time. We're no. just shedding light on, on the films that we think are. Yeah, address this whole yeah absolutely arena. I mean, you know, sure, sure. For God's sakes, we started talking. You know, triumph of the will. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. For, yeah. for for you for fans, Nazi, <laughs> is that what you're saying? What's yeah. that? Or Nazi listener, yeah, though yeah, you yeah, say. Yeah. So we threw you a bone, guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think. Most of the everything else I have on my list are sort of like films that are. Well, okay, so uh, this is very, uh, very similar for uh, as um, to V for Vendetta, mm. and that is um, The Watchmen. Right, The Watchmen. Is very political. Written by the same guy. Written by the same guy. A lot of the same ideas being expressed, but uh, done in a way that 
is really cool because it's an alternative history. So you've got this alternative, you know, 1985 or whatever it is. Um, and uh, you've got Nixon didn't leave the White House, right? And so it's it's very, very political. It's, it's, it's taking a look at... It's kind of like whenever people do alternative fiction where they go like, what if... What if we didn't win the world, you know, World mm-hmm. War II? It's this man in the high castle. Yeah, exactly. That's out, on, out now on right. Amazon. Yeah. There's it another... felt very, very appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I worry about stuff like that all the time when I, when I feel like on one hand you think, oh yeah, they're good for the grace of God. Go I kind right. of thing. On the other hand, I'm sure people are going like, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. only. <laughs> there's, oh, yeah, there's, there's always. Then there's the same similar idea. There's a, there's a Japanese film called K20, um, something of the mask. It's sort of a oh, yeah. steampunk Batman that, right. that, where Japan won World War Two. Yeah. And um, it's a whole different culture from there. And it's a great movie. It's, it's fun long. to, I mean, it's fun to speculate. That's why, you know, mm-hmm. alternative history books are so fun to read. And now we're in a in a state of, as of today, alternative facts. Right. Which oh, I just yeah. saw, which blew my mind. <laughs> alternative facts. Yeah. That <laughs> blows my mind. Um... But you know, look at it. Look at a film like uh, another one. I'm trying to pull from outside the box of look at Team America. I mean, Team America was was looking at the news and reflecting it back on us through a mirror of ridiculousness, right? But man, it did it have a lot of points to say. Like a lot of the stuff those guys do, they have a lot to say, um, and they they code it in this way that you know that's the thing about satire, and is that. You, you have to accept that there's a certain percentage of people out there who aren't going to get it and who go, yeah, fuck yeah, Team America, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's what's funny with, with V for Vendetta. The masks have bridged the gap of fiction, graphic novel, and movie and are now used by, uh, by a, a very political group in the real world. Yeah. And Team America, it's true, it's the same thing, is that I, because of my social media, always see it used ironically as it's supposed to be mm-hmm. like the absurdity of the American way yeah. but yeah I bet on the other side it's looked at with no irony whatsoever oh sure yeah yeah oh, oh, oh. and then you have things like <clears throat> like uh, uh, American History X and this recent thing with uh, where Harry Potter goes undercover as a cop in a skinhead group um, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I had to think for a second. You didn't mean actually Harry Potter. You meant Daniel. That would be awesome. <laughs> I'm like, what? I want to see that movie. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Rise of the Third Reich. Sure. Harry Potter battled Nazis. I am in. Like that whole battle at the end of Deathly Hallows, but with Nazis. But with Nazis. Throw That'd a little Ark of the Covenant in there. Yeah, and, and Nazis have become kind of this... They're the go-to bad guy. They're the go-to bad guy, but they're also they they're a joke now, right? So it's like so. Well, they've so you been have things that like for a long time. Look at what the way the Blues Brothers treated sure, the neo-Nazi sure. Party. Well, uh, things like Kung, so. Kung Fury, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or Kung Fury, and uh, but he comes Iron sh- Sky, they, right? I yeah, <laughs> but it also becomes this sort of shorthand. Look at the uh, the Burgermeister and Young Frank's design. Yeah. You know, straight up, that was a, a broad sketch of yeah. someone, and all they had to do was and, uh, put him in a black 
<laughs> military <laughs> uniform. Um, I was listening to Gilbert Garfield last night. They were talking about uh, Hogan's Heroes and what an odd little thing Hogan's Heroes was. It was. It was uh, he, uh, the joke he was talking, was, saying was uh, pitching it. You know, it's 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 a it's set in a concentration camp. It's a comedy. Um, yeah, when you, yeah. Bizarre. When you when you stop and think about Hogan's Heroes, like that was a really. Uh, one, it was good. Hmm. It was funny. It was funny. It was funny. But it was an odd thing. It, it, it was, was a very odd, unusual... It was odd, and this is kind of weird that I suddenly thought of something like this, but um, they were trying so hard, like Clink, Colonel Clink, Werner Klumper, yeah. Jewish, Schultz, Jewish. He, yeah. Schultz had been in, um, in, in one of the camps, uh, and they were trying to sort of make it palatable. You know, they didn't... You know, in reality, there were there were there were ovens, and it was in Hogan's Heroes. There was the cooler, right? So it, it was trying to make spin it in a weird way that made it funny. And it was, it, I thought it was really cool that they did a good job of making the bad guys look dumb, mm. but well, the, not inherently evil, right? Well, you also have that in To Be or Not to Be in the original film, which I right. haven't seen sequel with Mel Brooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original, I want to say... With what, Christopher that, Lloyd playing a Nazi. Yeah. I'm trying to think what the original of that was. Um, that was uh, one of the Ferrer. Jose Ferrer, I think, was in it. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings up a point we're going to talk about. Yeah, we'll talk later. about that yeah, in a second. Yeah. Um, absolutely. You know, but... Uh, uh, there was a point where, especially around Watergate, where suddenly we saw... A lot of these, yeah, uh, they were like straight up political films. Where before it was almost seemed like you could talk about politics, but you had to do it in an oblique way. Right, right. Um, well, and that brings us to films about politics, where we've been talking mostly about political films. Yeah, I mean, what about one of my favorite ones, which I've watched recently? Probably the worst place to watch it, but on some of my long plane trips. I finally watched All the President's Men, and it's a movie I think about often. Yes. Uh, dude, isn't it great? I mean, it's great. It is it's, it's such a great film. Acting on both sides, I understand why Robert Redford was such was such a movie star. His line delivery, sort of the the uh, the overlapping well, dialogue, made, the made... end of the film being so powerful. Yeah, it made being a reporter like cool. Cool, yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember at the time, I, you know, you know, I, I, whenever I saw, um, oh shoot, now I can't remember the name of it. The 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 movie about the, oh Zodiac. Whenever I saw Zodiac, sure. I, it made me think of, like, I wondered how much those guys were looking at all the president's men when mm. they made that movie. Right. You know what's weird about the Zodiac movie? You know, this, there's a scene in Zodiac where Melvin Belli goes on a morning talk show, and they they sit yeah. there and they wait um, for him to call in, yeah. the killer to call in. I was a kid watching that show, AM San Francisco with Jim Dunbar. Isn't I remember it, as a kid watching the original part of that. Isn't it weird whenever something uh, a, a, a movie recreates something that happened in real life and that you, you were, were there. you were part of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like. And, and it's like me you, and the Kennedy is. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but if, when you get like these two parallel things in your mind, it's like there's the I saw the real thing, and then yeah. I saw the movie, and and sometimes 
you know, one is sometimes the movie is more powerful than, you know, because well, it's filmmaking, as we said, it's manipulative. Mm-hmm. You know, earlier I said that it wasn't until Watergate that they started to do these kind of films, but then I just flashed on Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. So I guess they've oh, sure. always been around. There's Yeah, there's always been something. I mean, um, one of the movies I first thought of when we started talking about political films was The Manchurian Candidate. Right. Um, you guys are clicking off this. This was pretty good. Uh, the Manchurian Candidate is, uh, and I'm not talking about the remake. I'm talking Which wasn't about the, terrible. No, but I mean, like, why remake a great why, film? Yeah, I agree. We've had agree. that, yeah, conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the Manchurian Candidate is great, um, and it's so, it's so much a product of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, it it so perfectly captures the the Cold War and and what was going on in people's minds. Well, and the other elephant in the room is Doctor Strangelove. Oh yeah. Well, I was also going to say Doctor Strangelove would be very applicable. Do you feel the Manchurian candidate is applicable for I mean if we re- it, the remake, the original, then it makes sense as a current political metaphor cuz a lot of the movies we're discussing the messages are are not so specific or very broad that it it makes sense for all political climates. Because it's an it's an eternal struggle. Well, the 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 easy answer is you know bios like Malcolm X. You know those those I think... oh specifically I'm talking about Manchurian Candidate. Oh okay, since um, it's so steeped in the Cold War. Uh, well, uh, I think if ever a film like uh, if ever a film about a foreign country taking control of one of our citizens for their benefit is applicable. That does sound very familiar. (laughs) Right? I think it's I think it's wholly applicable now. I think I think it's something that needs to be considered. I think I think it just like I think um an the on an ongoing neutral assessment of the of our our leaders mental capacity is in order when you consider that many say the last half of his second presidency, Ronald Reagan had Alzheimer's. Um, you know, so what do you do when your president becomes compromised? Right. And he's leading, leading a faction of your government. I will. I'll tell you in about two weeks. (laughs) 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 You know? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we, in preparation for this, we we were trying to figure out well what's what's our topic, and we were we were kicking around biopics and political films, and what I realized was a lot of biopics are political films mm-hmm. because it's the life of someone know, important, yeah, yeah somebody, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or some faction of a story. I mean, it's it, it's a person. You don't do biopics on fictional people, so you're you know you're right. inherently grounded in the real world. Um, um, even if it's not about that person, um, seven years in Tibet comes to mind. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, where it's not about the Dalai Lama, but man, is it about the Dalai Lama? Right. Well, Kundun is very much about the Dalai Lama. Absolutely, right. that's yeah. a great movie. Too. That would be. Yeah. And I, I will be thinking back for when the Dalai Lama is hanging hanging out with Mao, and just the way Mao smiles, it's like religion is a disease. Get out of my country! But with such calmness and joy. Mm-hmm. But not sinister joy, just as a dictator would say, it's like, this is how things are. Please mm-hmm. leave. Yeah. 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 
It's, it, it, that would be, and that's a good example of a movie that is both a political film and a biopic. Yes. And, and, Same way Milk is. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Milk. I, again, I remember all of that. I'm yeah. old enough to go. I, I remember. You remember when this the happens. news story whenever yeah, this. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I remember Moscone coming on TV. And, and you were living in the area. In the area. Yeah. I remember speaking of man. We're, we're back on the porch again, the old man. But I remember the Zodiac. I remember the Zodiac being us being afraid to go out at night because of the Zodiac. I remember the zebra killer that was just running, going, they were going around and randomly shooting yeah. people on the streets of San Francisco. One I remember the, the reaction to all of that. Uh, one of the cool things about the town that Tom and I live in is that we've had several famous serial killers uh, live here for a while. <laughs> and not us. <laughs> not us. Not us. And that has absolutely nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one of the films that gets bounced around a lot of, as a political film, because um, there's, and this sort of brings us into those sort of, sort of jingoistic sort of drum beating, right. is one, the film um, Zero Dark Thirty. That get, that and the other one, the bio on the sniper dude, American Sniper. Oh, American Sniper. Um, those are two examples, I think, of films that are have a sort more of a right wing perspective. Absolutely, yeah. I refuse. Right. Oh, really? Well, because of your because of your beliefs and your and your political, and that makes and that leads me to wonder, you know, how many people, when you are making a political film, mm-hmm. do you are, do you accept that there's going to be a chunk of people that just are not going to see your film just out of principle. Well, I almost feel that way personally about myself is that I have certain uh, art- artistic, political, social beliefs, and I would hope that people who sympathize with that would sort of like uh, you know be be into what I what I offer in the world, and it's totally okay if folks tune out to that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure Nazi sure. punks, fuck off. <laughs> well, I know you know you know going in that. You're gonna, you're gonna, piss, hopefully, you're gonna piss off somebody. Oh well, yeah, I mean that's that's what we've talked about this before. One of the, uh, if you're not eliciting an emotional response right with your art, with your film, yeah, whatever yeah, it yeah, might yeah, be, yeah. what what's the and even point? if that emotional response is compliance, even if it's even if yeah. it's hatred, yeah, yeah, you know, like well, I think it's important to sit through i've not seen either of those films but they are on my list and i won't shy away from seeing them just because i know that they're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see things you're gonna see things through a different filter sure. however I, well, I just feel that other than seeing through things through a different filter i mean to, to go back to the uh triumph of the will being taught in universities mm-hmm. about editing editing technique uh the beginning of cinema we had to watch we had to watch a lot of stuff you could say well this is it's historically important because this sort of like montage editing was 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 created right regardless mm-hmm. of the of the topic well, when looking at films like zero dark 30 it's like are you it is like the craft or story or acting in any way of interest to me as someone who physically makes films and i i can't make that argument so I'll go watch something else. Well, you know, but on the other hand, you got a film like The Hurt Locker that is that is politicized and political, but it, it's still a solid. I think I have no doubt that either of these films aren't solid 
war action. I think I think that, that, that and you know I love a war film. Yeah, but I think it's the difference. But between it is also saying, a desert war, so that's also right, a strike see? against. Yeah, it. yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a it's not a green war. <laughs> God damn it! But I think it also is the different perspective. It's the person. It's the difference is like look at Platoon, which is about ain't war fucked. And why are we doing this? Right. And then you look at something like American Sniper, which is more like, let's go to war, you know, so you can go and die. As so there was, being it, said. I mean, like, like we were talking about many, like we've talked about many times, everything goes in cycles. And I saw that a lot in the 80s, mm-hmm. where it's like, the America, Rambo let's, yeah, look at Rambo 3. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, this none of this is new. And and Heather talking about like you know the films that you watch in film school that you you know you watch as early examples of innovative film techniques. Battleship Potemkin mm-hmm. is a hugely political film, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like you know it's chronicling this particular uh, time and this this revolution and and that's where we get a lot of our you know the you know the classic the classic example is the. Um, the baby carriage on the steps, right? right, 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 right you know, right. which right. has been done, ripped off lots of lot. Literally, so that's also the so bigger. Times. It's a bigger conversation that I think we have now. When looking at old old cinema, even auteur directors, is that watching something where you completely disagree and find vile. The politics of someone. Well, it wasn't that the message their, of or Amer- their trespasses of uh, American History X. You learn to hate this guy, and then you learn through his redemption to that he redemption. Was that possible. redemption is possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, it also used uh, to help heal. I mean, look at the, the film Trial of Nuremberg. This is why I hate the movie Colors. Colors. <laughs> Colors. I hate the movie Colors. Because I felt it did nothing to... It's just like, it sets up the situations, mm-hmm. you start hating people, and at the end of the movie, you still, you hate them more. Yeah, no one's changed. I went to a screening of Colors when I was in the Army, and you could just, you could feel shit was going to happen, mm. right? It, it, like, as the movie went on and on and on, and then it ended... And everybody came out without any kind of release. Right. right? Sure enough, fucking big-ass riot breaks out. Because that's what I go to a movie for. Well, I'm trying to, like, (laughs) you know, shepherd my wife to the car to get her there safe. There's people on the fucking hood of my car. There's this guy getting beat up. We run out to try to help the guy. The next thing I know, I'm running, you know, like three blocks away, surrounded by all these guys that want to kill uh, in in my case, they want to kill white guys, and I'm running with them, and they we all st- kind of start looking at each other like, oh, oh shit, <laughs> yeah, it was not cool, and I I hate that movie because I don't see one redeeming thing about it. Now, I haven't gone back and rewatched it since then because sure. it, it fucking pissed me off. Um, maybe I should, but I think that when a movie when a movie sets up these these huge um, political differences and and creates this divide. It needs to. Do I think that's powerful fucking art. It's powerful fucking art, but god damn it, do something to fix it. Like 
Well, I, I think you, it's you not gotta have a message. That is not the job of all art. I mean, there was discussions about, and even on my page, about the Women's March. That this whole part of that is sort of like get at the new administration. It's a narcissist. It's going to piss them off. It's going to show voices to people that are not there. That's sort of like the. It, it was but, many faceted, but none of it was call your congressmen, hmm. but not yet. Well, you know, I saw someone. I saw someone with a sign yesterday, I think it was from Chicago, um, that read, I hope I see all you nice white ladies at the next Black Lives Matter meeting, you know, rally. Sure, yeah. Well, because well, a lot of times, it, it, a lot of times political action becomes sort of fun. It'll be fun. Um, right. And there are, there's lots to address. We're, we're... Uh, and I just don't understand the, when we're talking about civil rights, why there's such cordiality. Well, here's here's my thing is that um, it's one thing to to piss off it's one thing to piss off the the um, the oppressor, right? I mean, that's what you're what you're trying to do. It's another thing to piss off everyone, sure, and not not offer some kind of solution. I think a film that offers a solution, if we're talking about solution-oriented, is Arrival. Mm -hmm. Arrival offers sort of a a broad solution of we have to come together. But I I feel, yeah, agree. Look at, and much in the same way Close Encounters did. I don't think it's enough, though, to just say, hey, look, there's a problem. Without, right, but you you need to at least go and at least at the very end, this is what I might do to address it. Whether you agree, but, but think with of what that. happens. You say this is a problem, and then you have the audience and people who are watching it, even the filmmakers, going, "Let's think about a solution. What mm-hmm. is the next steps?" But I didn't see I mean, that with br- colors. Shining I... light on. Uh, I've never seen colors. Yeah. I, with colors, I want to though. Isn't Dennis Hopper in that? Yeah, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Sean as gang leader, he has a cool ass fucking no, picture. No, they're uh, they're cops, aren't they? They're cops. Yeah, they're cops. Yeah. yeah, it is a gang movie because it's you've got these street gangs and then you've got the cop gang, and that's what it's. It, and and at no point does it offer any kind of. Mm. Um, but does life have we solved that? I mean, I live in an inner city. No, right. we, we haven't solved it. But all the it's time I'm confronted. This, all the time I see examples of where people show that humanity can overcome this bullshit, and I think it's irresponsible to just set up. Uh, this is going to piss these guys off, and this is going to piss these guys off, and scene and credits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think this is more discussion that Colors has had than it, it ever Probably, had. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it it has an impression on me because of what happened as I came out of the theater. Sure, sure. Oh, had yeah, the, yeah. Had sure, that not sure, happened, sure. I, I think for art to incite riots, it's good art. No. Uh, it depends on what the what the genesis of the art is. I mean, when, when uh, uh, Deepa Mehta's film Water and Fire premiered in india they burnt the theater down right because they they didn't like what the film had to say i guess although they're great films yeah water especially water is such a great movie that no one ever talks about go see deepa Mehta's water yeah um i think that a movie that inspires you to action is good or just inspires inspires look period at, look at good night and good luck 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh. it makes you believe in journalism. Great example. And then you yeah. turn your TV on, you think, yeah, well, that all went to shit. Right. But a movie that inspires you to do awful things, I don't think is a good thing. Yeah. Look at, I mean, look I at the really, work. So, you know, you when you look back at the early, at, at, and this is a conversation I have a lot, and uh, I, I, I don't think that an artist has any responsibility other than to entertain in some way whether it's you like looking at their picture or you mm. know you, that that whatever art you're producing is is bringing something to somebody however i also like the warner brothers are you saying early... with great power becomes great responsibility right exactly <laughs> do you say that yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what i'm feeling <laughs> yeah so if you look at the warner brothers early before jack warner became you know, the douchebag ahead of it that he was, they, they had a mandate, you know, it's like, we are here to inspire, educate, sure. you know, they, they saw it, they saw a responsibility to the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I, and while I don't think that that's necessary, because then I feel like it's kind of like you're telling somebody, you have to do this. Um, I re I hugely respect that. I hugely respect that they recognized early on how powerful film is. Sure. And that you do need to be responsible well, for thinking I mean, about what you do. When you when you have people leaping out of the way of like one of the first films of the train going by and you know the Sure, sure. And they would travel that around and show it to people and people would leap out of the way of the image. Right, because they thought the train was going to hit them. So of yeah. course yeah, it was it was it's a gimme to go like, gee, this could might this might influence someone's when you know yeah. the way they, they think. Um, that's part of the magic of movies, right? right? Is that movies actually can change you. Exactly. And one film that I would bring up in that, um, that can be transformative is Joshua Oppenheimer's The Act of Killing. It's a documentary. The documentary, yeah. It's great. Um, there's also one called First Kill that you can get. All very similar topics where First Kill talks to people about the first time they killed someone and what right. it was like and what it, the repercussions it were. Right. Talk about, let's let's you as the viewer have a seat at that table, experience some of those things. Right. And then and says, you know, um, this is the cost of war. This is the long-term cost of war. Right. Sometimes it goes beyond the amputated limb or the, you know, the lost eye. But, um, but they didn't offer a solution. But I think the point is, is that the the solution that it it sort of offered was it wasn't so much a solution as sort of a stance that says, you know, to quote Edwin Starr, you know, war. <gasps> what is it good for? <laughs> you know, and when you see the, the 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 blowback on it, and the the especially like with the act of killing, you got the uh, the normalization of outright murder, right? You know? And it was up for an Academy Award. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie if you haven't seen it. They're good. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, have we. There's some of these that we. I you know I wanted to bring up Wag the Dog briefly, talk about a political film and influence the political process through subversion and and again they didn't call them that it in the movie but we're calling it now alternative facts. Right. Um, uh, an important movie that got kind of glossed over in the same way that it was sort of a goofy, not a comedy, but it was kind of comedy. I'm trying to remember who. Uh, Dustin, Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I want to say Robert De Niro is in it. De Niro was in it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a spin. There's a lot of movies that have something to do with... Well, a lot of marketing and spin has always been alternative facts. It's the way of... Mm-hmm. But I think the the new definition of alternative facts are here is not even spin. Yeah, it's oh no. It's downright post-truth. Yeah, right, yeah. It becomes this weird Rashomon kind of thing where everyone has their perspective and we have to, you know, validate everyone's safe space. And, and yeah, I, I call it what I call it lies. <laughs> I saw that today. Well, I mean, the old in the old ways, we did call them. We did call it all lying. And right. I've seen a lot of posts and people's like, well, they're lying. But it's very funny. It's just. That's not strong enough to get people's reactions. It's, right? Yeah. These days, someone being a liar. I mean, when when your news cycle begins with the shock that our president didn't lie about something, yeah. it's like, whoa, wait a minute, you know? And that sort of warning, this is going to be a little political. That's one of the reasons why I have such difficult time with this administration, because I think it, my issue with it all comes down to character and mm-hmm. and and would i when i ask myself would i leave when i meet a man i ask myself as to his character would i leave him alone with my wife or my daughter exactly and i can't really say that i would with this guy no so uh everything else sort of flows for me it flows from that stance right um uh because it used the it all used to be and and even like when you look at something like the daniel day lewis lincoln film they were heroic. They were bigger than life. They were they were wiser than us all. And and we we turn on the TV and we get this alternative. I, to that. I think that we I think that we we you know we view history through uh, necessarily through um, tinted shades. forgiving eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And yeah. I'm sure at the well, time it's... people probably had the same gripes about some things that we do now. Right, but. Just as an example, and this has nothing to do with really anything political, but just as an example, if you look at the speeches that presidents of yore made mm-hmm. compared to yeah. anything Kennedy said, anything I mean, look look at the last few speeches that Obama gave. He gave some whether whether you like him or not, speeches. they were yeah. amazing speeches. Yeah, he's a great speech. Uh, uh, and he and he started his own uh, nonprofit, revealed like, yeah. right before Trump's inauguration yeah. it's like i'm still here to, i'm like that it's like i'm still here as a helper i know you guys oh, need dude. me it's like that's very sweet of him yeah yeah you know um my favorite thing over the last few days have been just to look up michelle obama and inauguration she's just walking around just looking like all right who's shit in the punch bowl she look, yeah every every, every <laughs> Every time you see her, she just looks like somebody's holding a turd under her nose. My other favorite moment is um, Hillary Clinton catching Bill Clinton looking at Melania <laughs> Trump. Yeah. If if you're a married man, you will so empathize with that guy because it's so busted. It's yeah. so busted. Um, the funny part about that that video is that he has no clue. Even at the he end, doesn't, of the, he no, doesn't. No, 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 no. If you watch it carefully, you'll see him. He casts this glance at her like, oh shit. And then he just starts <laughs> roaming his eyes over the crowd like, I was just looking, man. <laughs> but as a married guy, you just kind of go like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been there. Um, the thing, I'll be honest, the thing that I find most disturbing about what's happening now in this country is the um, 
the announced cuts to the National Endowment for the Arts. Right. I think art, I think this administration realized that art is dangerous because art is a mirror. And um, and part of the discourse and something to start discourse. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, and they don't want any of that, I think, for whatever reasons. Um, uh, so it's not surprising well, that I, they go, they're going after art. It's and it's not, not surprising they're going after the press. Right. It's true. And, and those are, I mean... There's a movie, A Spirit of the Beehive, when I watched it, and it's 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 a it's so definitely a political film, but it's political in the way that it's so abstract and subtle because it was made under in in a country where you couldn't say those things. Mm -hmm. Even the fear that any of that you're not lockstep will get out. Yeah, look at look at um, people are gonna have to start start hiding it. Look at coming like um, speaking about political films made from other countries. Look at things like Come and See. Look at Costa Graphics' Z. Yeah, you know, great stuff. Different perspective, but in the end, the humanity. Think about through. think about some of the queer cinema that comes out of these countries where homosexuality is punishable by death. Mm-hmm. You know, um, where art film winds up becoming. Uh, not just about entertainment or information, but just an act of I'm a human being. Well, again, God damn it, you know? D- Deepa made us fire. It's about two women who are married, who their husbands are typical chauvinistic shitheads. Right. Who the only th- way that they can they they end up gravitating towards one another as friends, and then they cross the line and they become lovers. In an Indian society, again, right. the reaction to that film—that was a big deal. When it was it a came out. big it was a deal, huge deal. Again, they burnt theaters down. She had to be whisked out of the country because you know they were fucking mad. Yeah, and even though it—it's it, a story that is viable and it's a beautiful film, you know, it's just like man, you know, they—they—you uh... have to—you have to think about like what is a person's situation like where they're willing to. I mean, imagine Risk growing it up, all. Imagine growing up gay in Saudi Arabia, right? You know, gro- or growing up anything other than whatever the norm, whatever is. that norm is. Yeah. You know, and then then it extends out to, you know, the plight of even American gay youth, yeah, and, and the, the 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 discrimination they face, and 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 um, you know, and and even and even I, I don't you want know, to use the word worse, but but I was going to say even even trans youth. I was, it's not an idyllic situation. Was just, I was just going to say, um, I'm not going to point out any names or anything, but but I have a friend who has a, a trans um, child mm-hmm. and uh, had experienced some issues with school and other kids and things like that because this person that they had known always as one person was becoming somebody new and kids are cruel circumstances circumstances worked out where they were able to move and mm. they were really excited about this because there was a larger trans community but check this out they wound up being ostracized by the trans community because their parents were so supportive <laughs> you don't know the struggle oh, wow. you don't know you know so like well, isn't it so how that can, everyone's that can like, come from everywhere? It's like yeah. the people that are supposed yeah, yeah, yeah. to be your allies. Well, look at look at the look at the reaction. Look at the reaction of the gay community to the bisexual community. Oh my God! Yeah, tell me it's, about it. It's you're greedy. 
You know, you yeah. can't make a decision. It's like, yeah. really? It's like... It just seems so odd. It's 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 like whenever you have a minority friend who is prejudiced against another minority. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Like how? Like yeah. the, the the old sawhorses are. You know, um, the Jewish and black community historically doesn't get along. My first, my first look at look at Chinese. That this is so broad, and I do not mean this the way it's probably going to sound. But um, you know, the the, the cultural. Uh, 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 taking offense at when you ask a Korean person if he's Chinese, right? And it's like, no, man. Like, what are you talking about? And it's right. like, well, you got to understand how I might might make that mistake, and that's right. why I'm asking. Yeah. You know, it's like asking for pronouns these days. You, right. you ask for pronouns. It's like, what well, what are you comfortable with? Yeah. Well, most people are going to look at you. It's like, like me asking you if you're Russian, Italian. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you should be able in, to see that. Your, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, we should bring up 1984. Yeah. Yes, I agree. This is almost like a list. It's like, well, pr- Trump's not your president. Here's a top ten films <laughs> you can watch. Somebody... Yeah. Let's talk about Newspeak. We used to call it Newspeak in Orwellian times, right. but now it's alternative facts. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, somebody today uh, on my timeline posted that like, they highly recommend it. It's like, Read or reread 1984 and Brave New World, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, strap in for the next four years. I, I, you know, again, we're not a political show, but I don't know. I'll be honest, I don't know that the way it is right now is going to last four years. I think between, I don't, I'd be, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'll shocked. be surprised between, um, but then, but then we have the the fight continues because. Well, it's again. important to be Pence, woke, which is and to right. and to stay woke. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. it's and easy. Let's not fall asleep. If it's we easy. Fall asleep, and this is what happens. It's easy to fall asleep. Right. It's it is super life really easy. hard, dude. When there's when there's a new Marvel movie every every week, and a new this and a new that, it's a real easy to look the other way when you you know when you see stuff like get, that gets viral videoed. Right. You know the. Uh, the woman in, in J.C. Penney yelling at the Hispanic family. Mm-hmm. The thing that blows my mind is, how do you not say something? You know, right? How do you not do something when you see that kind of stuff? Because um, you see the other people in the shot. You see the other people in line looking around like, oh my God, look at her. Blah, blah, blah. Like Someone should say something. People are like, so in their own little bubbles. And, and for me, uh, where I've seen that most is in cities. Mm. Is in a big city where you're surrounded by millions of people, but sure. really you stay. You, as a defense mechanism, you learn to stay in your bubble. You learn Absolutely. not to get involved. Walk down the streets of New York. Yeah, you know, it's amazing that people don't constantly run into each other, but they've all got this awareness of each other without having an awareness of right. each other. Yeah. Um, before we get go on to other things, uh, are there films? Any of these films that you guys would recommend to people? Maybe they they may have heard of them, or they're one. Are they ones that maybe you haven't heard of that um, uh, you would recommend? Heather, I'm thinking. Okay, recommend what sense? What is the context? in any way like under under a, film. just maybe a, a film that's political or about politics that you think. That we haven't mentioned that you think that we ought to... Because I have a couple that I... I but I want to hear yours first. I, I, my, my mind instinctively starts going more and more towards uh, d- dystopian movies. Yeah. 
to think yeah. about uh, political uh, political stuff. Boy and his dog, the end of the world, anything to do with nukes, threads, mm. things like that. Threads. Into, into that was... a more bleaker, bleaker sense. So it, so it less becomes to be about people and more that we've made a tragic mistake and it's over. Hmm. Uh, for me, but there's always something against me that fights against that my my apocalyptic nature, my nihilistic nature. It's like we could do it. We could make phone calls and make a change. Let's avo- let's avoid the mushroom cloud. <laughs> Let, yeah, that's a good. Let's do that. <laughs> for me, the two films that I would recommend for people um, is The Wind That Shakes the Barley. That's a great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Kieran and, Murphy and and and, and, and it. It deals with something that you you often hear about, but you, unless you're studying it, you don't really know the details of, and that's the, I didn't the even think of that you one. know the troubles in Ireland. And, that's uh, why Michael, we let that's why we let Langley on the podcast. Yeah, it's like Michael Collins in yeah, the same breath. It's a great yeah, it's a great. That's a good pull. That's a good movie. It's really good. Right on. Um, I would recommend that. I would also recommend um, this. I think it's called a, the A Dangerous Life, which was a um, chronicle of the um, revolution in the Philippines with um, um, yeah 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 when the Marcos dynasty came down uh, it has Gary Busey in it um, a sane Gary a sane Gary Busey yeah <laughs> not the Gary Busey you've become used to um, but it's a really good uh, recounting of how. Um, Aquino uh, wound up coming into power and, and basically the people getting tired of this Marcos dynasty. It's it's both both of those movies are really, really good. I definitely right check them out. Uh, mine um, that I that we haven't mentioned that I think are important, they're both by the same filmmaker, a guy named Kon Ichikawa. They're from the 40s in Japan. The one is called The Burmese Harp. Has to oh, do that, oh, shit, yeah, yeah. It's about a guy who basically walks away from war and becomes a Buddhist. Yeah, um, and the other one is a little more in keeping with our sensibilities, and that's called Fires on the Plain. Has to do with uh, uh, a squadron of Japanese soldiers that get cut off, and things soon devolve into cannibalism. Yeah, and um, they're both really. I need to see that one. It's really good. I'm you excited. know what? Uh, you can. I think you can find the whole film out there on YouTube. I did. I was going to use some of it in something, and I looked, and I saw the whole film out there. Oh, sweet! So, um, but Fires on the Plane is great, and it's one of those uh, films that people don't. Um, uh, is it available on disc? Yeah. In fact... Is there a criterion? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a criterion. Yeah. One of the things that is bouncing around in my head that I am i don't have anything handy to check on this, but I want to say Fires on the Plane got remade by Shinya Tsukamoto. That's right. I remember that. And it, it, get, it got pasted in reviews, but I haven't seen it, but I really want to because it's Shinya Tsukamoto, A, and B, it's Fires on the Plane. That that enlightens me to the movie that I they actually posted that we didn't discuss right before Trump was became the president, and that's Nashville. Yeah, dude, Nashville is such a good film. And I would say everyone who's listening to this, if you want to see a movie about the death of the American dream and that song at the end that they sing, yeah, that it's okay in this horrible depressed oh Nashville. Every day I can That might be that. my favorite Altman, Altman film. Movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also sort of obsessed with MASH. MASH is yeah. great. MASH is great, but yeah. but 
Nashville is like yeah, it's, it's good sad. Stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good stuff. Um, so, so that'll be my my ultimate choice, guys. Nashville out in TV land. <laughs> so I'm. Uh, uh, I don't want to go out on on this topic on a sort of <laughs> downer. Right, 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 right. So here's what I'm going to ask you: Given the current situ- political situation, given the current finance, economic situation, or whatever else, what do you think? Because I'm constantly hearing from people like, "Well, you know, as bad as the Trump administration is going to be, at least it'll make good art," which I think is weird because I feel like, yeah, yeah, I know people are going to suffer, but well, yeah, I'm going to make a pretty it's, picture. It's, it's, I think. I, when I hear that, I always think of it in in the context of a joke. Yeah, I you think know. though that you're going to see, I think you're going to see a rise in things like you're already seeing a rise in protests, stuff, punk rock. Sure, I think you're going to see more metal get involved. Maybe it'll spawn whatever the next well, music I, thing well, is. Well, I right? told uh, someone last night. I go, I could, I can't see it coming. You know, like folky protesty stuff i think your people like mumford and sons and, and those guys their careers are over right until they're playing casinos in 10 years i don't know they're opening for you too are they really yeah for the joshua tree tour you too <laughs> the, the, remember when we were relevant tour? Yeah. um so uh uh but i think that you're already seeing it you're already seeing people like you know green day doing stuff and, and that's that's corporate punk you know what i mean and you're going right. to see more filmmakers, I think, getting involved. More people. You're seeing more and more people. I so just saw Ashley Judd do a rap at the at the rally. Right, right, yeah, yeah. You know. So, what do you guys think? I mean, do you think it's a uh, is that the silver lining in all this? There's no silver lining. I don't yeah. think there's a silver lining. I think that. I think that. Um, and think punk that, had to come about because of tragedy and what the fuck was going on in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think that there's a silver lining. I think that you only find the silver linings after the fact. You it's only hard. find, you know, so you know, people who are saying things like that, well, we're going to have it's like, you know, we're going to have good material for Saturday night live for 4 years. Well, mm-hmm. uh sure. But I'd rather I'd rather have healthcare. Right. Exactly. I, yeah. It kind of it kind of angers me when people say that. It right? angers me it, too. It, like it I feel like off. even on this cast, it's like I'm getting a little irrationally angry at even the thought of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I but I hear it. I hear it a lot from people. Tell I them do, to shut the fuck up. Too. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot. Anyway. I think I. <laughs> so I think that I think that the good takeaway is that um, people's spirit. Mm-hmm. Are going to be broken. I think that the more, the more bad things become, the more people become energized to fucking change shit. Well, I think the the evidence of what happened yesterday all over yeah. the world yeah. is is that the, the 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 beat of liberty sort of beats strong in our hearts. It's just that, uh, like most cultures, I think we got fat and lazy and we stopped yeah. paying attention and some some shitty shit got so here's so here's what's great about something like yesterday is it lets people know we are watching yeah and we aren't gonna go away mm-hmm. and why and how good it is to be the person to make a difference because i think that yeah. idea of getting away from sort of the 
your bread and circus, your technology, and then go out into the streets with each other mm-hmm. and go, I love you. I love this country. We can't make it suffer like this. Right, right, right. right. And yeah. I think that's it's the important, important part. We had a conversation last night over dinner where it was like, you know, well, I guess this means, because as I've said before, I'm an aspiring agoraphobic. So I, it means that people like me have, I saw a guy with a sign it, that said, uh, yesterday it said, it's so bad even introverts are here. Right. And I, and I feel like that's, those are the people we have to rely on, the people who don't don't go to political rallies, right. but should not the people, not the people who show up for every every your your aunt with the short hair and the and the shitty disposition who always talks about politics isn't the one that should be at the rallies. It should be someone like me or you who doesn't go to rallies right. who shows up. And it's like holy shit, this is so bad that we're fucking coming out of our shell. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but I think that uh, as a byproduct of this, you're, you are going to see more art. You're going to see more. You're seeing people already. People who, uh, uh, I mean, Aziz Ansari was on SNL last night talking shit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, speaking of Saturday Night Live, you got, you know, Alec Baldwin who. Killing it. Kill, oh, my God. It's yeah. jaw dropping. Um, and I find the selective memory fascinating. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I'm trying to think of a couple of other titles that before we go on to something else that I have in the loop here, I've got Primary Colors, which is a John Travolta film that is, right. is worth checking out. Fahrenheit 9-11. George Clooney. Well, I did uh, I did post on uh, social media that we're covering political films and there seems to be a lot of excitement. Ooh. And we do have from and we'll call out to our fan base, Tyler Foster, Foster. Talking about the Loop Three Kings and Burn After Reading. There we Burn go. Burn After yeah. Reading is a good pull. That is yeah, a good, yeah, that's yeah. a good, good job. Tyler's a good guy. I forget who he writes for, but he's a good guy. He's up here in San. Uh, I am always Seattle. excited when he posts anywhere. He's, yeah, he's very thoughtful. Yeah. Very, I don't think he likes and, me, but I think he's a good guy. <laughs> no one likes you. No one likes. You. <laughs> we've 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 had a couple of social interactions on um, FB that have been fun. Uh, well, he he has always he's a very very progressive viewpoint which i which i enjoy very mm-hmm. intersectional as well i want to say he tyler writes for i want is it cinema blend something like that he, he does a lot of reviewing of um of stuff yeah he's a good guy i met him at zombie con years and years ago you know talking about DVD the DVD talk and... critic okay the one thing he's listed on there right talking about the coen brothers uh most of their films could be viewed as political mm-hmm. in some in some way or another. Um, when you talk about you know, burn after reading obviously is is political. But I mean, you know, take a look at the latest. They can look at Hail Caesar, sure, which is all about you know the way that politics affects um, the film industry. Mm-hmm. The way it affects um, daily life, the way it affects you know intellectualism. It's that's a great. By the way, if you haven't seen Hail Caesar, Caesar. Yeah. oh my god, I want to say it's coming to all the streaming formats. It's so good, right it's so good. And, okay. and whether you are interested in politics or whether you are interested in ho- uh, old Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, it's a great movie. Right on. Yeah. All right. Okay. So. Uh, I want to move on to a couple of other things. 
One is a story I heard the other day that I wanted to share with you guys, and I want to get your reaction, because it really blew me away. Tom Woodruff Jr. is half of Amalgamated Dynamics with Alec Gillis. They, they're they known for doing things like alien movies, and they did Harbinger Down and a bunch of other stuff. Right. Anyway. I've heard of them. So, I read this accounting on Tom Woodruff's page that quietly, without any fanfare, he will don one of those realistic or hyper-realistic gorilla suits right? and sit in a room on a platform while Make-A-Wish kids come in so that they can hug a gorilla. That's so cool. First of all... Amazing. Uh, have you seen their gorilla work? Yeah. It's a, it's, it's rivals it's, Baker's. It's jaw-dropping. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. The, the footage I saw was him sitting on a pallet you know, in a corner kind of a thing. Right. And the child comes in and it's just amazing. Yeah. I'm kind of like watering up just thinking about it. It was yeah. just hugging and and the, him being a man in the suit, he was able to, um, you know, not tear the kid apart. <laughs> well, yeah, well, and, and, and at no point are you, as, even as an adult, at no point are you questioning that this isn't a gorilla yeah i mean uh yeah, you don't look like ah, oh, yeah it's a it's like a guy in a leonardo suit no it's no, it's no, a no. gorilla there it's a fucking gorilla. It's, it was an amazing sort of story and i yeah. just want to get you guys to it's talk. very cool um those guys you know i haven't met tom but i've met alec mm-hmm. and uh they are in addition to all the all the all the um Accomplishments that they've had and all the films that they've worked on and stuff, they're just fucking good guys. Yeah. They're well, just... I told the story before about uh, ABPR, them looking at my kids. Right. Thing. Absolutely. Um, and they're just really, they're really quality people. I, I've never heard any bad things about either of them. Hmm. Um, and uh, and you can and you and you get that sense whenever you talk to again, like I haven't talked to Tom, but I've talked to Alec and and. You get that sense whenever you talk to them. It's like you know they're just they're just good people, right? Right. So anyway, that doesn't surprise me. Cool. Yeah. But it's very very cool. It's very cool. Uh, I also heard that Andy Lau, he's a uh, Hong Kong actor, yeah. just had a spinal injury in right. some um, movie he's making. He was in a lot of like he was in just recently in Shaolin and stuff like that, and that seemed like a real drag. Yeah. Um, also, a bunch of people died, and we're going to go through that really quick. Buddy Greco, pianist, vocalist sort of rat pack era dude right. um, good stuff William Peter Blatty yeah author of The Exorcist um, passed away Actually, I was very I was very grateful that I that I got to meet him did you really Brief. you know what yes for Ninth Configuration for Second Sight was... we drove down there David David Gregory uh, Edwin uh, who was our DP and you know Interviewed him on camera for the disc. I was going to say, you know, everybody recognizes him as the author of The Exorcist, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about him as a filmmaker. I think up until the time RoboPriest shows up, Exorcist 3 is a great film. Yeah. It's a great film. And Ninth Configuration is continually a great film. When he died, everyone wanted to see it. So Mm -hmm. I brought out my copy, and it's like we're all watching Ninth Configuration. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. We can every day. Every day we can watch this film. For a while there, I used to just listen to 
the audio of Exorcist 3 because the dialogue is so good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was a real drag. Um, M- Miguel Ferrer from Dude, RoboCop. Very so sad. Too young. Too young. Too, Too young. young. Throat cancer. So often. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call and say probably a smoker. Probably. So often. You know, these folks die and we're like, well, you know, they were 90 and they had a good life. He was barely. He was this, like my age. This guy was barely in his 60s. Well, he's a little older than me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and so such a great. Great actor. From a great, great acting actor. family. Yeah. Even when his father, Jose, fell on hard times and we had to go to Italy to make movies. Because yeah. there's a lot of. He pops up in the weirdest little Bruno Mattei and. Right. Yeah, um, the next two names are going to not be so well known. Uh, William Margold, Bill Margold. Bill Margold was a porn historian and actor, comedian, super funny, super was the guy on the sidelines that was always taking notes on what was happening in that industry. Right. By the way, next week we we've got. Uh, you want to talk about who we have next week, Heather? Yes, we have uh, Lisa, who um, who Sin Kink is her festival. It's a sex-positive film festival, and it's completely unique. It's in New York City. I always like to go to support this very libertine cinema, mm-hmm. and we'll be talking about porn films. Yeah. Yep. From uh, sort of like a critique standpoint, an art standpoint, maybe even a historical standpoint, because I know she programs all these great things for her fests yeah i think i really am excited about that i love the idea of looking at this disreputable genre and putting the screws to it as like it were one and i say disreputable in the idea that most film people would not do a show on porn because they dismiss it as what i I think horror film people exploitation film people because the guy who you mentioned that was a little bit well, well known who worked in porn industry I know he died because there's a lot of postings on my social media about that. Because mm-hmm. I feel it's like it's horror, exploitation, and pornography, and that's kind well, of like we're all carnies, right? Yes, and that's right. The, yes, that's the carny. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, at some cycle. point, genre cinema, just by its very nature, is exploiting a particular element, mm-hmm. whether it be sex whether it be violence whether it be whatever it might be and that's not to denigrate it at all you can have amazing and we do have amazing and great filmmaking um in genre Mm -hmm. and that's true of porn as much as it is anything else a lot of the filmmakers that we know and love came up through porn right you know heartless last week was talking about working in porn yeah so absolutely Uh, us craven Wes Craven. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then finally, um, a woman by the name of Maggie Roach. Her and her two sisters were the Roaches. They were a folk band in the late 80s who were important because their first album was produced and played on by Robert Fripp from King Crimson and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, look up on YouTube a song called The Hammond Song for their sense of harmony it's fucking amazing but they were really odd and really quirky and um she just passed away yesterday mm. the last thing that i put up here um news not much i'm gonna go through these really quick some of these are that ones we didn't get through last week and one particular i want to get your take on uh, mike judge is doing another animated series for cinemax called the the tour bus i'm in mike judge sure mike judge is always, always in always in 
Uh, Fox has renewed American Horror Story for season seven and eight. Trying to get into that on Netflix so very hard. Yeah, my my wife is experiencing the same thing. It really depends for me with that show. It really depends on the season. Some of the seasons I get into real hard, and then other ones I just don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. I I it, I don't know anything about the current iteration. Mm-hmm. I was a lot just... of the acting is like Credence from Troll Two. <laughs> if you remember Keaton's. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, do, yeah. I do like that how they're sort of injecting into the mainstream a lot of fetish wear. Will Smith has been cast in a live action remake of Dumbo. Now, aside from the big eared Will thing. Well, here's the thing Who is he cast as? Supposedly, what I have read is that he's the father of some children. Who own a circus, which has nothing to do with Dumbo, but they end up getting a, a Dumbo, and the well, kids. I think the kids are going to take the. I don't mean this to be as, as racially charged as it's going to probably sound, but um, I think the kids are meant to be the crows, the ones that go like, "You do this, and mm-hmm. here's a here we'll trick him with his feather, and mm-hmm. blah 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 blah." It's it's from the same people who are doing this Jungle Book stuff the cg personally my take on that is before you even get to will smith before you even get to whatever ridiculous casting they do what the fuck are you doing yeah why dumbo why dumbo why are you gonna remake dumbo was one of the movies i can't watch because i'll fucking Uh. cry my eyes out (laughs) and you you know it's gonna be stuff like you know will believe an elephant can fly yeah no no, i'm not no i'm not gonna believe that yeah 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 I, I just think it's so weird that, but Disney is pretty determined to remake all of their the Disney classics as live action, and um, so you're going to see a lot of stuff. I'm, uh, I'd be surprised if you didn't see stuff like them doing Snow White. They they just redid Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, this will excite you. This is the one I talked about. Valentine's Day this year. Kino Lorber is releasing. Yes. Uh, one million years BC. Bam and, APE in. Uh, no, not I'm not excited about AP. But they're releasing it <laughs> on Blu-ray. Uh, and I can't remember who's doing this, but uh, also a Blu-ray release comes out the same month for When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth, which is a largely... Uh, everybody has a cursory knowledge of One Million Years B.C. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, we all know that that's where we got Raquel Welch from. Uh, Rare Harryhausen's Dinosaurs, fucking cool. It's got that amazing soundtrack that is just, I can listen to that the rest of my life and nothing else. Um, but a lot of people don't, unless they're stop motion people or dinosaur people, don't remember when dinosaurs ruled the earth. It's a great movie. It's a great movie and it's kind of the sequel. And it's so. And much... it's a line in Jurassic Park. Yes, it is. And in so much so that it has the same language that was created for the cave people in in the first mm-hmm. movie. Um, I'm very excited by both. It's very of these cool. Movies. I'm just excited that they're they're cleaning them up and they're putting them out on blue. Yeah, um, they're beautiful. Jim right Danforth's man, Jim Danforth's animation in When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth is jaw dropping. We have motion blur. We have motion blur on these pterodactyls decades before computers ever came around. It's amazing. Right on. 
Uh, I want to get your take on this as well. Tim Story, who did Barbershop, is directing a sequel to Shaft. And I wonder what it's like when you get to be, like, you're the black filmmaker who makes black films, and that's all you get. Um, I would worry about that as, as, a, as an artist. Women in all their romantic comedies, but not all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's just got to be... I fought against it a lot. It's like typecasting and expectations, mm. and what do you, you know? Um, but it's 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 like you just keep making the same thing, kind of over and over again. I don't right. know that we need a new is Shaft this a, movie. Is this a sequel to the original Shaft, or kind is this of, a sequel kind of, to? I think more importantly, it's it's trying to ride the Luke Cage wave mm. of modern black exploitation. So I'm 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 interested because I think you know that Shaft is a bad mother, right? Um, Hush your mouth. Yeah. Your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some James Cameron news, and then we'll move on. Um, James Cameron is in talks with Tim Miller, who did Deadpool, to, right, to bring back Terminator. Well, I don't know why that is important. I don't know why it's important, but I mean, after all these dismal Terminator movies, oh, Cameron would make it rad. I think Cameron would make it fucking cool the addition of tim miller makes i just don't i kind of feel like that story's done you know like you know yeah but there might be a new a new look a new exploration something that you find i really do feel and i talk about it a lot like a lot of these reboots it's it's like comic book world is infecting film world Mm -hmm. right the comic book world is made of brand reboots and alternative things Mm mm-hmm Oh, and now when and, you get and, and, and communist Supermans, uh, yeah, and then and you get infinite the, Earths, yeah, you get an induction to alternative timelines, Earth One, Earth Two, Earth whatever. Right. It's like, uh, um, and then then the other thing is is that Cameron is doing a six, he's doing six hour long episodes for AMC called James Cameron's Story of Science Fiction, and it sounds pretty rad. Where one of those like looking at the expanse of science fiction over the years more importantly how is science fiction for example how did the star trek transporter influence the cell phone sure yeah it'll be very cool i've seen that a bit on discovery channel Mm -hmm. i'm 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 looking forward to that Uh, does anybody remember when uh, ridley scott did something similar he was the host on something called like the masters of science fiction or something like that I mean, he, you know, he's barely there. He comes on and says, you know, this week we're talking about H.G. Wells. It's like Morgan Freeman in that other yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, his name's on there, so people pay attention. Right. Um, three trailers I want to ask about, and Heather, I know you've seen at least one of these. And that I saw the trailer, the new trailer they released for Raw. Love that film. Do you really? It looks really good. This is why it's good, without giving anything away. It's good. Because it delivers beautiful filmmaking. It then delivers a great, fun story with interesting characters. But unlike other other films of what we call sort of the elevated genre world, it delivers on actual real horror and gore. And so it's a beautiful medley of all these things together. So you're watching a great film by a true artist that is not ashamed that it's a horror film. And right. is a horror film. And... A film that I saw that has never been the closest description of my, my myself and sort of my uh, sister's uh, identity and relationships. By the idea of, like, identity being developed between two siblings. Hmm. 
And that's really because I think there was a misreading of it that it was about sexuality and coming of age. And those notes should be in there. But it's really about the idea of nature and nurture. It's like who you are, what you're born into, and then the variation of that through individuals. And I think that's a true story of for me because I have a I have a, a younger sister. She's 13 months younger than me. Or, or I haven't talked to anybody who've watched it who are brothers or brothers and sisters who sort of felt the same and would have had the the sister conversation. Would you put it anywhere near something like the uh, We Are What We Are? Further than that, okay. it's a wonderful film. I can't. I would have to see what would come out this year to be as good as that. Wow! All right. It was so. I was so riveted when I saw it at TIFF. It's yeah. like, what is this film? What is this film? Because yeah. it's also stylistic. It's nightmarish. There's some comedy to it. And it's There's about sadness. And it's about it's cannibalism. Really yes. Yes, it is about a girl indoctrinated into that sort of thing. Which is interesting that they're... Have you seen the ads for this Santa Clarita diet that Drew Barrymore and Tim Oliphant are doing? I have. Yes, I uh, can't say I'm very interested in that. No. I'm not interested in it at all. No. No, no, it could be the in-world diet or the models from Young Demon Rock. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a new trailer for Logan, the new Wolverine thing. Um, what's interesting about it is it, it looks really dark and really gritty. Uh, Professor X says fuck. In the tra- the red band right. trailer, um, the girl is everything Wolverine was when you, we first saw him, and it looks great. I mean, I'm very I'm very excited about this. I know it's a comic book movie, um, and then finally, uh, a trailer was released for this anthology film, Double X or XX. It's a anthology film made by all female uh, filmmakers. Currently at Sundance. Yeah, yeah, I saw Yovanka posting on that. The directors are uh, Yovanka Vukovic from um, Captured Bird. Roxanne Benjamin from Southbound, Corinne, Love her. Corinne Kusama, Love who did uh, Jennifer's Body, and a woman named Annie Clark, who's also known by the name of St. Vincent, who this is her first film. Um, uh, from what I saw, it looked like an anthology film. The trailer looks great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, inherently, in anthologies, both literature and film, you're always going to get some that are better than others. But hopefully this will be good. Hopefully this will will sort of knock it out of the park. I mean, they're, they're cool. talented ladies, and they're talented. I don't want to say that. Let me hold on. Let me back up on that. They're talented filmmakers, right? And I think it's if any if anything, cinema needs more female perspectives. I I think <laughs> the draws a big breath. Like here we go. <laughs> no, I was just going to say out of my top. Well, it's about anthologies because out of my top ten lists from last year two of them were anthologies i can't say how much i love southbound mm-hmm. it was just one it was a wonderful genre film and there are aspects and stories within holidays overlooking kevin smith's atrocious one yeah but all, all the ones are were pretty solid and i like them a lot i like an anthology i always wonder is is anthology and and found footage something something that we're going to leave behind soon, I or is not. Or, or do we make strides keeping it forward? Because I think we mentioned in a show before there was a sort of a bastardization, like people going creep show. What is this? Right, what are these right. little short films all put together? And that was very natural. To they're almost like compilation <laughs> albums from films of filmmakers we love. Yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, my last my last book and my new book are, are both collections. I like anthologies, and the reason why is I think. A lot of time, the one crime most film and most storytelling 
commits, in my opinion, is, is they overstay their welcome. Um, so anthologies are a great way to take little tiny ideas out for spins that you don't need to support a 90 minute feature when you can do a 20 minute short and you're, you're in, you're out, no one get you know, no one gets hurt and you move on. Um, I think that's a good thing. Uh, and so again, I worry about the ghettoization of saying like, well, this is all female fi filmmakers, just like right. I feel like here's an anthology of all Asian filmmakers or black filmmakers or gay filmmakers. My perspective is all those things would be fun to see though. I agree because the, you, you don't see enough of them. But on the other hand, I, I long for the time when we just throw out the adjectives and just say filmmakers. I think, I think all filmmakers of all backgrounds want that. Yeah. I, do, well. I you know, but I think we, 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 we have a way to go before we get, but there. I love your ideas. So those, those listening at home, all Asian of, um, anthologies, all, um, african-american all people of color that would be very interesting because i'm so fascinated there's an article that my friend steve sent me on gaming because he's a big gamer and i can only play super mario brothers 1984 is that there i just love seeing different cultures and different perspectives and if you're from a culture that's different than mine it just the the mythology the wardrobe the way that the way of the way folks act and the nuance of, of movement. Like, I love it. I love to see Europeans smoke cigars or cigars as if they're joints. Well, you know, All those things, make, I just they light up my pathways. And I'm I like trying it. to remember the name, but I re, uh, about a year ago I watched a Pakistani anthology film, a mm -hmm. horror anthology. It was basically their car breaks down and they're all telling stories around a campfire. Um, and it was good. The, the, the problem was is that culturally... Things happened that you didn't make sense. There was a whole story about these apples that kept coming. Like, she'd throw them away and they'd come back. And it all seemed very, very scary and very, very frightening. And I guess it has some, some sort of cultural resonance there. Um, but as an outsider watching it, I thought, well, this is kind of silly. Um, but I agree with you. It's important to see that from other... Well, I love, I, love to, I love to look up that, that quirky stuff up. Yeah. Because I could tell in a lot of those movies, I could go, wait... That's that's probably a cultural reference. I understand. I felt that the way about the wailing, like yeah. I needed someone sitting next to me to give me like the rundown of the full mythology, and it's like okay, now you can watch the film. Right, right, right. Because there was right. a real, there was real like you know Korean mythology in there, and a little bit sure. of a, uh, a little bit of uh, Catholic mythology. But I assume that's sort of inherent in Japan, like right? spice with um, the wailing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm saying the mixture of of the mixture of Catholicism in would be inherent in it's a J Japanese film. Yes. Or Korean. The Wailing? Yeah. It's Korean. Okay. Yeah. Because that whole area, the influx of what we saw in Scorsese's movie, we, we, uh, silence the influx of Catholicism and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. going out, is there anything anyone would like to recommend before we get out of here? Anybody? Just dead air. Just dead yeah. air. It's like... Zzz. Yeah. I, I, I'll just I've say... I've been trying to get discs done so hardcore and the keynote stuff has been blowing up that... Do you have any new ones that you can talk about? Anything. Do you have any new ones that you can talk about or not yet? No, no. They're, I, I'm, I'm sort of like at the end of December given a giant list of everything that I would be working on and there's things so good there that you guys are just... It's like when so it's like mean. when Ren gets so shit, excited, Tom. he like <laughs> screams and his little tongue is going. 
It's like it's titles like that that I'm currently working on. Cool, right on. So, but I can't discuss this, the same with um. Well, announced now and are is, is the Welgo Phantasm set. Sweet, so I'm working yeah. on that's nice. Cool. That's all five. For those. That's uh, that's all five books, right? I believe that's what what's what out what Bloody Disgusting yeah. has announced. Yeah. That's nice. So that's current with the Kino stuff. And I'm still working on uh, David Gregory's Al Adams the Doc. I was counting <laughs> how many months since like August. Wow. I don't want to say scope. I don't want to see scope creep because it just projects move like you think you're doing one thing, and then this it's this magnificent blossom. Something so else where we are in the sometimes. project is uh, is is pretty cool. Right on. Have you seen anything that you want to talk about? I again, I've been I've been watching those. Um, 60s, 70s, 80s documentaries oh, yeah. from CNN, and I, I'm almost through with the 80s, and and then after that I'll have something new to talk about. But but it's striking, you know, especially you know talking about what we've been talking about today. It's striking as to we've been here before mm-hmm. in a different way, and maybe not maybe not everything's the same, and maybe not everything's as bad. But sometimes it was worse. There's lessons to be learned. So. Right, right on. Uh, me, just go to my go to my website. I'm I'm updating the the new film a day thing, and um, uh, I just watched Looper. And are you ever going to do books on tape? We talked about this last night because I was bemoaning some some stuff dealing with actors reading, doing readings and stuff. So right. I might I'm going to give it a shot. I've, I've been talking about it, and if I do. I'll just throw it up on the website. But I don't know. I just, it's hard. You know, when you do, when you hear your own voice, it always sounds weird. And right. So I'm, I'm having, and you don't want to Can you cat read it? Yeah, maybe. Um, the other thing you, a lot of, I hear a lot of writers doing is that they get this, suddenly they become Vincent Price and they start trilling their R's and right. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. so I don't know, maybe, maybe some point. Suddenly the new stuff, I will say the new stuff for string of pearls is coming together and I've, I'm doing a read through on it now. And, um, I'm very excited about the way it's all coming together. But there's only going to be like five stories as opposed to like the 19 that were in the other one. Um, that's it. Next week we've got... Uh, the we'll, be doing, we'll be doing our porn show. This is something we've wanted to do since we started doing yeah, this Yeah, yeah. And, and I really like the fact... Initially we thought about getting an actress, but I like uh, who we got because um, she's able to speak to the whole genre. Right, exactly. Um, uh and not just and then we can hear a little bit of King because when I tell people about the film festival, it's like, why don't you invite me? Yeah, I'd by love the way, to go. You, uh, did we I'm mention about the armory getting closed? No, the armory. Yeah, yeah. no, well, the, the armory is going to stay open, but Kink.com, who uh, if, you, if you look up Kink.com, they do a lot of fetish stuff. I bet like, a lot of our listeners know about Kink.com. Yeah, probably. It's, it's iconic when you when a, when a, when you go to a site and the video starts and it starts with that picture of the armory, you know you're in for some fun. Right. <laughs> um, but they just decided to stop making shooting films there and having right. a there was a club there i want to say there's talk i guess that they're going to open it up as a venue for like music and stuff yeah i i would imagine there's probably more money to be um, made doing but it's sad it's like anything it's like seeing you know these sort of staples of of yeah. certain any genre go away it's like when aunt martha stopped bringing in guys to her back porch you know it was <laughs> at the end of an era and, and you know there's part of you that was a little sad to see that go 
<laughs> I was just going to say, why did you say that name? Why did you say that name, Aunt Martha? It's a Batman versus Superman thing. All right. I'm, clearly, we're getting loopy. Um, so next week, Cineking. Yep. Uh, Heather, it's good to have you back. I always love being here. Oh, love you. So okay. Because last last weekend, I was I was shooting a short film. Right, and you had a a car accident. <laughs> yes. yes. Not your fault, by the way, but you did. So we wish you nothing but healing vibes and stuff. Yep. Light the candles. Pray for Buckley. <laughs> All right. Uh, but Buckley. That's what I had on my sign at the march yesterday. Pray for Buckley. Pray for Buckley. Yeah. I keep. Uh, never mind. I was going to say I keep <laughs> dropping Buckley references in in literally all my fiction. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll see you next week, guys. Uh, bonus material podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. I'm Heather Buckley. And I'm Langley West. Stay scary.